All right. Well, welcome everybody back to Country Drive. And it is my honor today to introduce a power couple behind an iconic brand. We have here Ophelia Cuevas and Manuel Cuevas. That's Thank you. just to be sure. Do I have the pronunciation of the yeah, last name? Yeah, you correct? got it just right. Okay, man. good. Well, again, I'm really honored to have you guys here. I really appreciate it. Uh, we'll start off by talking about what you guys have going on over at Manuel Couture right now. What's going on with business? Well, business, like always, I think uh, the quality of business just gets better because the older I get, the more I learn, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, on the other hand, you have more publicity out there. I, I never paid for an advertising. I'm sorry to say that to people that talk about personalities and things like that. I, I have experiences with a lot of people before. And, you know, my thing is that I am very simple. Mm -hmm. And I am not a world designer, as uh, Paloma Picasso said, asked me in Washington. Mm -hmm. How does it feel to be the best designer in the world? I said, there's nobody best in the world. And secondly, I'm just a humble bootmaker from Tijuana, and the people just rose up and oh. laughed. I never had an idea to make things famous for me. Always what sits in my mind at night when I'm dreaming about what I'm going to be cutting or doing for somebody the next day, is that personality that I'm going to make prettier and more becoming and more famous if it's possible. And that's really what I do. I consecrate most of the thinking in that area, that small little thing. And that's my, I focus on that. I I want to make people really brilliant. Well, you do. And that's all I do. Uh, now, uh, we're going to come to some of those, and we're going to talk about some of your designs also. But let's also mention that, Ophelia, you're launching, in the process of launching your own line? Yes, I'm starting to. I, Of course, I have to give the credits to Manuel. I, <laughs> I'm still learning from him a lot, and I'm learning from the best. I'm very blessed and grateful to him. He's helping me, and we, we chat about my my line. And yes, I'm in the process of uh, doing it. We have a couple of things here on screen for you. So what is this picture you had sent me? Well, this picture is uh, Pam, our great friend. She asked me to send some of those uh, pictures. I have a nonprofit organization dedicated to promote Mexican and Spanish heritage. Okay. And uh, um, right now, I used to be, I'm the founder, but I used to be the director. And okay. this group of girls used to dance for, for us, awesome. Mexican folk music. And those dresses are uh, considered, uh, uh, the Chapa's dress is considered one of the most beautiful dresses in the world. It's very and beautiful. And it's handmade, uh, embroidery handmade. And uh, my line is focusing in uh, mother daughter in women. And uh, I want to continue. I learned a lot from him, but also I want to continue with the organization to promote uh, the Mexican uh, 
dresses and rebozos and mm -hmm. all this. So, so these are your jeans also, right? No, these are Manuel's. Oh, uh, Manuel's. Yes. <laughs> so I did not of... know until last <laughs> night that there was a Nashville Latin fashion show. Yes. Yes. Uh, our friend Ana Castro, she's the one that organizes this, and we were invited by her. And uh, this girl, this beautiful model, was modeling Manuel's pants in one of my rebozos. Oh, so, so you <laughs> yes. did the top and he did the bottom. Yes. Beautiful. <laughs> yes, it was a great combination. And then uh, people might recognize this from his live streams, but I believe this is inside your studio. Yes, yeah. exactly. That's inside. And it's one of my um, designs. It's, uh, I call it uh, Rebozo Sevillana or Sevillana Rebozo de Sevillana from Spain. Uh, we used to wear that when I was a little girl in order to go to church. But then uh, my mama said, yeah, you're not Spanish. I mean, you are, but you're not from Spain. You have to wear the rebozo now. So I, I may, I'm making the combination. I got you. Uh -huh. It's very beautiful. Thank you. Even for my lack of fashion sense, it's very beautiful. <laughs> Thanks. Man, well, let me ask you, with fashion being seasonal and sometimes trendy, how have, how have your designs remained timeless and remained relevant all these years? Well, uh... Because I only make one of a kind, I am not trendy, right? Right. And because I don't copy anybody, I kind of stand. My my little line st stands by itself. But my line is not a, a number of pieces that I'm going to do. Mm -hmm. I only make one that is not going to be just the only one in Tennessee, but the only one, not only the only one in America, but the only one in the world. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's been my pride since I was like 12 years old, very young kid, well, dreaming and making that kind of stuff. And I noticed as a good result that people love that. Yes. And the people that love that let me let me put in a real qualified small group of people in the world. Mm -hmm. But they love to dress differently mm -hmm. than other people. Yeah. You know, some of our boys, for example, they look certainly way even bearded the same way. My clientele, no. They live with leaps and bounds from there. <laughs> How does it feel for both of you, after all these years and so much success, to still have a new generation of artists and fashion influencers coming to you as the definitive place to have something that's one of a kind for both of you? I know. and uh, But I can see why, though. You feel it. I mean... My suits are unique, but I'm not an entertainer, and I will never be a dancer, and I'll never be a singer. I, I, I don't even like the acting, mm -hmm. to tell you the truth. My thing is just to be myself, and by being myself, since primary school, I remember, everybody took a second look at me, Maybe because I was weird, right? Maybe because I was different. I don't really know. 
Well, that's a beautiful thing for artists. I mean, artists are different, and that's why they're that's why they're able to create something that's kind of beyond others' imagination that draws us to them. Yes, I uh, think. Uh-huh. Well, honestly, that's the way it is. You know, uh, when I make outfits for certain characters, you know, I've done like third of the most famous TV shows. Mm-hmm. But it sounds like I'm dancing and singing. No. The, the dressing of the head man, the head lady, to me, that's the most important thing. And, and, that, and, he, and it doesn't matter. It could be the mama, it could be the daddy, it could be, you know, like, like Bonanza, for example. You know, mm-hmm. There's four guys and there is one that shows up every once in a while and all that kind of stuff. So I had to figure out how to dress those people. Well, let's look at some of this stuff. So you did 90 films. I think more than that, but it's all right. Yeah. <laughs> Close enough. <laughs> so so let's just point out some of these. So we have John Wayne Hondo. Uh-huh. And that's a very beautiful one. Um, anything specific about this that was a great moment for you? It's a, it's a forgotten moment for okay. me but because... And, you know, we both grew up. He grew up this way a little bit. <laughs> and I grew up in horrors like crazy. But I dressed, uh, I worked for every company. See, that? who are you going to blame Bach. for that? You can blame me. Yeah. Because, no, we don't dress ladies this way. I said, well... I just did. Well, let me try to behave myself and say, I do not blame you for that. I thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> well, isn't that fun? Yeah. Just for the people listening, uh, Manuel put Catherine, <laughs> Catherine Bach and Daisy Dukes, and that's what we're looking at on the screen right now is her and Daisy Dukes. <laughs> and then relative to country music, you did Urban Cowboy, correct? Urban Cowboy, yes. So there you are with Travolta. Yes. And uh, I'll tell you that that boy, I didn't know I knew him since he was like about five or six years old. Really? Wow. Yes. Uh, about a month before that picture was taken, I was working on the wardrobe. Now I'm working on the, the guy who's going to put his stamp, his boots in, on Hollywood Boulevard, you know, yeah. by the Chinese theater. The same with this guy. And then one more for the people again listening. We got the three amigos on yeah, well, on the screen. They didn't want, I mean, come on. If you want to do your body, I should think, forget it. It's you got to do beautiful. what I do. And if I do what I do, it's going to be a little different. There's a lot of people involved in things like that. But it's fun for me to do the right thing, the right look for them, you know? How long does it take to make that outfit for the three amigos that is just rhinestone encrusted well, head to toe? Uh, it's a lot of things. The three amigos are not the same amigos, you know? Mm-hmm. They don't dress the same. I noticed that now, actually. <laughs> no, they don't dress the same. I, I never knew that until just this moment. It's like when I, it's like when I dress the groups. I don't dress a bunch of white suited guys with the, my, my dear friends from the Beach Boys. No, they all have a different suit. Wow. <laughs> but they look white, yeah, but... Well, I'm glad we were able to cover some of your TV and film stuff. Who Who is your most loyal customer these days? You might want to bring that mic a little bit closer to you. <laughs> Private people. Okay. 
My clients, my private clients, are the grandest clients all over, you know, from the beginning. But it's nice to participate in which I love that because I guess, what are you going to tell me? It made me famous? No, I want them to be famous. Amen. Yeah, I want Chuck Connors to be, you know, the rifle man. You know, I want to see Clint Eastwood look like the man from nowhere. I want to see John Wayne like the real American cowboy, you know. Mm -hmm. The man, as a matter of fact, didn't like horses that much. (laughs) (laughs) But he became the hero of horse riding and whatever. It's just, it's just fun. How funny. Yes. And there are things that made me feel that our dear friend, my dear friend, Audie Murphy, you know. Eddie Murphy? Audie. Oh, oh, I thought you said Eddie Murphy. Uh, No, I haven't dressed Eddie. (laughs) (laughs) It'll be fun, but, you know, I dress so many people. And I don't. You know, I, I am not the kind of tailor that does things for tomorrow or the day after tomorrow. I can't do that. Well, I thought, I don't want to uh, mention anybody since you said private people, but I thought this was going to be your biggest customer, Marty Stewart. Of course. <laughs> he was 12 years yes. old. Yes. And uh, a little kid looking at, or ambitioning for one of the suits that we had around the store. And he had, of course, he's a historian. He has a lot of information about all that at that age. And I looked at him and kind of, uh, he got a little slap on the head when, when he told me, oh, this is like $2,500 or something like that. During that time when he was 12, not that he's very old, he's very, much, much younger than me. And uh, <clears throat> I just looked at him, I said, I didn't think he deserved that kind of a statement. No, no, it's too much money for you or something. Because I am, I'm a visionary, I'm not a dreamer. The dreamer is this little kid, Murray Stewart. So I said, wait a moment. I have this shirt that fits you just fine. This is used for nothing. One day you're going to come back and buy half of this store. Well, you knew it then. That was, oh, a, yeah. that was a good investment for you. <laughs> yeah, it's the same with Dwight Yoakum when we were starting to make that. Yeah. Collaborating for the making of his first suit. Mm-hmm. And it was Hillbilly Deluxe. And I found it very easy to making Hillbilly on one side and Deluxe on the other side. I love it. And you need to grab it. I knew I knew he had it, you know. Uh, you can't say that. I, I'm not an expert on that. But I knew... These two kids made uh, country music hipped again. Yeah, I've always loved Marty, simply put, because 
on top of his talent, he's always known the history. So he always wants to respect it. And I think it's his knowledge of history, which made him endear, you know, so, so endearing to you or you endearing to him, I should say, because he wanted to carry on the traditions of country with the beautiful flash. Yeah. You know, it's not, it's not yeah. over, it's not overdoing it, but it's perfectly in line oh, with, yeah. the, with the traditions. He turned a lot of old parts into rhinestoning. Yeah, he's the man. <laughs> I love him to death. Oh, I love him too, man. Joey, why don't you ask both of them, because both of y'all should answer this question that Joey wanted to ask you guys. Yes. So being from Mexico, how does your culture um, influence your work? Well, I'm going to make it very simple for you. Let's say the diameter of this table and figure that this half is North America, and this half is Mexico. Mm-hmm. You guys are called gringos by us, and we're just called Mexicans on this side. But we really, of course, there is a definition of frontier that I never knew before growing up. But we're the same. Mexico... It's America, North America, as a matter of fact. It's not Central America and it's not South America. It's North America. Mm-hmm. So to me, from uh, times have passed, but, you know, let's say from Alaska to the Patagonia, man, this is America. It's a hemisphere. Mm-hmm. And you grow, not sure with your own family, but the, I mean, we're not going to be fighting with your sandwich as long as you're not fighting with my taco. You know, we have our own customs. We have our own ways. And really, the history is only one. I mean, we have ways of converting stories, but the reality is that we beat the heck out of France when Lincoln was nervous with France. Does that mean that Mexico is stronger? No. It means that the heritage of that country, my country, runs deep, Mm -hmm. runs deep. And you have to respect that. I think that Honestly, for me, it was no big deal. I mean, I, I was, I, I hate the word rich, okay? So I never seen rich people or poor people in any, any country in the world. I just, I just love history and I love knowledge and I know that people have practices that are, Precious. Rich in spirit. Yes. I like people that are rich in spirit. Yes, and, uh, you know, as a conclusion, I always say, and keep repeating it, you know, love and health are your only only wealth. You can have a headache, you can take it away from your head with all the millions that you can count in a bank or 10 banks. Well, let me ask Ophelia. So, same question for you from what Joey asked. What's your what's your culture and, and you're Mexican as well, correct? Yes. 
and what yes. that has to do with what the influence it has on your designs and when you, and when you guys are collaborating <laughs> well for me it has a very special meaning uh the first time i came to the united states i was 12 with my of course with my parents and uh, the first time, believe it or not, that I traveled by myself, I was 24. Wow. And my mom used to love our culture, our heritage. So she grabbed a rebozo and uh, she said, hey, mija. Uh, she's like, um, don't forget your roots. Don't so forget your heritage. Head. And she covered my head with a rebozo, which is a symbol of our culture, yes. Mexico. The rebozo is 100% Mexican. So for me, uh, it's something that I started uh, in since I left uh, Mexico for the first time, not designing, but uh, cultivating kids with my organization and uh, teaching them our culture yes. and teaching them to be uh, a better person. And while, when I decided to do this, what I'm doing, it, it was because, well, the main reason why I did that, the organization was not only to promote the culture, but also to give a little back to this beautiful country because I'm very blessed to be here also. And I feel grateful. So... Now I'm trying to combine, you know, somehow both cultures. Mm -hmm. I'm here living here in the United States and I'm bringing all my roots, uh, my ancestors, my life, my, I mean, everything. <laughs> so my whole life. And I'm trying just to combine everything. And again, with, through the organization and through our handmade um, embroidery and rebosos and whatever, you know, dresses, I want to give back to this country somehow. I want to bring joy put it that way. I want to bring joy to this country. It's very beautiful. I saw in your documentary where you went back home and you were given an award. Oh, uh, yeah. That must be a beautiful feeling for you when you return home. And, well, I have received probably hundreds of those things here. Well, I, I don't know how many from back home, but I figured that but must be a good moment. That's the grandest I have. I really felt in my heart. What about this moment? Uh, so now you have your own star on the Walk of Fame out front of a building where you have a lot of designs that are behind the plexiglass. Okay. How does that feel for you? Well, you know, everything that that comes my way is welcome. Uh, to be in the same step you walk, uh, sidewalk or whatever way of... All these stars that I have admired mm -hmm. because cause I admire them, really. I love them. Absolutely. And there is not a client that is not my friend. All of them are my friends. That really came out in your documentary, how much you care about your customers. Oh, uh, yes, man. I, I just, I love my clientele. Yes, sir. And I love the Hall of Fame. I love all the museums that, you know, I remember in, Cleveland, Ohio, at the Flats walking and and the whole and the what Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, mm -hmm. and I, I I'm down the hallway and I'm looking at this piece, and man, it was my piece. <laughs> I said, "Oh my God, 
to see things 20 years later, 30 years later, 40 years later, 50 years later, it's just, uh, it's so much fun, man. It's like the, it's very sacramental to me. Well, speaking of rock and roll, let's talk about Elvis. <laughs> An artist I love, and his image and his sound continues to live on today, but you had a big role in his image and his style. Yeah. So uh, we have a couple of pictures here we'll probably put on screen. There's the, there's now, you the did famous, this, with the, you just, you did this gold the make, correct? suit, yeah. And then there's the comeback suit. Okay, so we have the comeback also. There we go. So for the people just listening on the screen right now, we have uh, the comeback leather outfit. Look. This was a great special. Yes. And I love that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I, it's, it's just fun, man. I Well, I celebrate, but I try to stay away from my clientele when they have these great moments with the world. Mm -hmm. You know, they always there's always a famous green room or some. I don't. Sometimes I just don't like it. What do you think? Is this I another love, one you did for Elvis? Yes. What was it about Elvis that his understanding, he, on top it, of being a great artist, his understanding of image and fashion? Well, he could carry it. You know, he was determined to to be a star. For God's sakes, he tried. And uh, he had never had the chance. When he had the chance, he went all for it. Oh, yeah. I made about, I don't know, about six, seven little movies that weren't so famous. But but I'll tell you, I loved them. Not that I watched them, but but I I, I loved making them because he had that thing. Mm -hmm. That chorus of rock and roll. I think he was the one that turned gave more freedom to the rock and rollers. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, we had uh, Tony Brown here, who's a famous producer, yeah. and he was in his, he was his last piano player. Yeah. And the one thing that was amazing about Elvis for me that he told, talked to us that day about was that he was just a normal guy. He said that sitting here having a conversation with, like the conversation we were having, Tony and I, yes. would be no different with Elvis. He was really a humble guy. He called me sir all his life. And he was very, very candid with nice. me. Very nice. But I, I really loved to make him bigger and bigger, you know. Unfortunately, he was playing different, but, but I, I love him. I, man, that kid was something else. And I, you know, there's so many of them. Mm -hmm that I have dressed, you know, like Buffy had uh, Michael Jackson mm -hmm. and the uh, Bee Gees and Edwin and Fire, you name me one. Well, All I was, those. you know, we were talking about, you know, do you start a show with a bio? And I was realizing with you, like, I'd probably be better off just naming the people you didn't dress. <laughs> it would take up less time. But, yes. but speaking of another man, so Elvis used to tour around with this guy, which I cannot imagine being in a car with Elvis, Jerry Lee Lewis, and Johnny Cash. But uh, you dressed Johnny Cash. All his life. And we got a couple of great pictures here, y'all. Yeah. 
And I just want to ask you about what it was like having that relationship with the man in black. Oh. Which you made him the man in black. People say that. I love the way he had the interview with uh, Barbara. And uh, God, when she said, so Manuel made you the man in black. He says, well, I wore black before. But Manuel put me in a better black, and I said, thank you, brother. Thank you so much. He saved my life with that statement. But I, I played with him when he got the nine suits that he ordered. I mean, Johnny Cash had to be very watchful about the money he, he would spend, you know, at the beginning, and it was hard for everybody. All the entertainers have those moments. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, he says, how come they're all black? <laughs> I said, well, they, they were run special on black, so mm -hmm. all your suits had to be black. <laughs> like, so I could make them, you know. I love it. I know. You know, uh, there's a story about Waylon and Johnny used to have an apartment together. Yeah. And Waylon would wake up, and Johnny would be dressed full suit, his black suit covered in flour. And I was wondering, I wonder if he was wearing Manuel suits. Manuel will go over there and take my suits off while you're cooking. <laughs> you can't be covered in flour while you're cooking my, in my suits. Uh, but the stuff you did for Johnny was absolutely beautiful. I just want to actually say that. Well, every suit was different. Yeah. And I made him hundreds of suits, you know. And one more uh, group that I'll point out here. Correct me if I'm wrong, but you did the Sgt. Pepper's album with the Beatles. Yes. So you did these outfits? Yes. And just for and people there listening? There was a person in the house of London that called me that they were coming to America and they needed some Bobby office, Bobby meaning the policeman. Mm -hmm. And uh, the real story... and. and and George and John heard it from me, is that I had a lot of uh, leftover fabrics and, and weird colors. And I said, this is going to be just fun to make these suits. Mm. And we make them, made them like that. And then she calls and says, I want more pieces of this because I am doing certain things so there was a person that cooperated with me from England. You know, I just got to meet her about 12 years ago. Yes. And, uh, wow, man, I was doing something in Liverpool. I got to meet her. And I had the pleasure to go to the bathroom to every one of those guys in their house, <laughs> in the cavern, and all that, talk to the lady there. So much beautiful stuff that I have run through meeting all these famous people, man. It's beautiful. How do both of you continue to be inspired? I mean, you both look like you drank from the fountain of youth. <laughs> you obviously have had all this success, but you, <laughs> you continue... <laughs> I'm sorry for the people just listening. They won't understand that, but that was very funny. Uh, but how do you both continue to be inspired? Because you're still making beautiful stuff. 
Well, I dream everything the night before. Is that true? Honestly. (laughs) Wow. I keep thinking and thinking about, let's say that you want me to make an offer for you. And I, you say, well, you know, like in May, I might do this, I might do whatever. So cool. So I'm chewing into that, you know. Then I know how far away are you, your career, all the things that are happening. You're being invited to uh, like whatever, Grammys, Oscars, whatever. And I said, mm-hmm. This guy is going ahead. I mean, come on. And then I understand that you really act or you really sing. I'm not a know-it-all, you know. For that, you you mentioned Tony Brown. Let crazy boy do that. What I do is similar, but only on a very opposite way, how I want this guy to look. Because most of them, most of the companies, production companies, all that, they have their own people. And I'm glad they do have those people that teach him how to dress. Because some of these boys don't know how to dress, you know. <laughs> they just, they just, <laughs> just want to dress like the guy in the gang, you know. Yeah. No, 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 that's not the way to do it. Do it like you're number one, man. When but, you're... When you're making an outfit for someone, someone comes and commissions you or commissions you to to create the outfit, do you how do you get inspired outside of dreaming it the night before? Do you ever listen to their music to try to figure out what would go good with them? Or I is like it just to, your vision? No, I like to see them perform. I love to talk to them. I like to see the things that they wanted to be at the beginning, what their heroes are, all that stuff. It really, it really makes that person a different person. You know, I've heard songwriters say that when they fall asleep, sometimes they wake up in the middle of the night with a lyric and they have to write it immediately. Mm-hmm. Have you have you ever woken up and had a design in your mind and drawn it immediately? <laughs> yes. I've done it. Many times. Really? That's beautiful. <laughs> yes. You know, you just think, ooh. It's better when you're doing two, three things for three for different people. Mm-hmm. And then when you wake up the next day, do you see it and go, oh, that's yeah, terrible? Go. Or you go, oh, that's perfect. Yes. No, you always, I don't know. I'm sure that they're going to love it. <laughs> I woke up one morning from writing this. I woke up the next morning. I had woken up, written down two lines I thought were beautiful. I woke up the next morning. Couldn't read my handwriting. I was still asleep. <laughs> so, I guess that idea is gone. <laughs> well, but you know, that's, your brain works in certain ways. Mine works and maybe sleeping well. I don't know. What am I dreaming? I'm wasting my sleep. I don't know. But I love it. What about the current state of fashion? Uh, what do y'all think about where things are right now? It seems like y'all don't really pay attention because y'all have your own thing going. You'll never find a fashion magazine on my table. Really? Mm-hmm. Never, ever. Is that intentional so you don't ever feel like you're influenced by anybody else? That's why I don't take pictures of what I do. Wow. Because it, it'll, it'll ruin my creativity. You know, 
Well, I guess that goes to you walking through the Hall of Fame and not even knowing you had created the outfit in Cleveland. I said, oh my God, I did it, I did it. What about you, Ophelia? What do you think about the current state of fashion? Or are you just... Well, uh, I'm going to answer kind of two questions. I, uh, I get inspired by Manuel and I get inspired by our culture and I get inspired, I learned this from him, I get inspired mainly from the history of the person. I think about what the person really likes and mm. I think about bringing joy instead of fashion. Mm -hmm. So yeah. for me, and I learned it from him, it's very important to bring joy to that person. And, you know, the two or three pieces that I already gave or sold or whatever, I feel joy in the person. I feel... I don't know, something very special. And I mean, I'm not Manuel, I'm not comparing myself to him, but um, I want to be, and I want to learn, continue learning from him and bringing joy to people instead of fashion. You know, it's interesting you say that. Now that I really think about it, when I see your pieces, it is joy. <laughs> oh, yes. It lifts you up. Yes, yes, exactly. Uh, believe it. I mean, what do you exactly. think about what do you think about the modern artists that are wearing ripped jeans and chain wallets? <laughs> well, I love them all. <laughs> they really saved my life. They're taking care of the people I don't want to make clothes for. Well, it's 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 just so timeless what you guys what you guys create. Again, I said this before, and I'm going to say it again. That uh, I love this new artist. We have we have new artists like Gaga and Kesha that even commissioned mm -hmm. outfits from you. Yes. Do you have an artist that you've never worked with that you hope to work with? Oh have you seen anybody, or either one of you, have you seen anybody and said, I think I could really help that person out? Well, <laughs> I don't think so. You know, and I try not to go to the shows after I dress them. Why? I don't know. I really don't know. I just don't want to make a mistake of making similar th things for them. Hmm. If, if you put a wardrobe of any of my clients, some of them have too many hundreds of pieces, like Marty Stewart, for example. None of them are the same. So I just, I just want to keep it that way. Yes, sir. And it feels good, especially when Marty and his... It works for his self-interest, too. That, Let's think about this, brother, and then we sit down and all that, you know. And I have accepted this brother thing forever, for many years. But he's really like my son, you know. <laughs> it's all right. Well, well, you raised him since he, I mean, what, what, you said he was 12 years old when he came into your yeah. office? Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> That's how talented he was. He was already a touring musician with, uh, oh. Scruggs or Flats? Like yeah. Flats. I think that it was with them. What do you think about, uh, social media's influence on fashion? Well. Is it, is it something you were able to utilize that's been good for you guys? I honestly I think uh, do not pay attention, and since I don't pay people, some people say crazy things like "make me a suit," and I'm gonna write you down. I'm gonna. I say, wait a moment. I don't do that. Mm -hmm. Never did. Never will. But I love you. I tell. Them. <laughs>
Well, I was just wondering, because uh, I see some of your live streams on Instagram. Oh, yeah. I was wondering if maybe you, you didn't know they were filming you. Uh, my son is lately doing this for the first time in my life. I mm -hmm. think as long as you don't put okay. your daddy like a champ or anything like that, I am just a working man. And I work every day of my life. I'm, I'm telling you, every day. So, you know, to me, being productive is very important. Well, you are. You know. But, it, you know, there are times like this where I really love talking to people. Yes, sir. Uh, honestly. Because I think it's part of our history. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, whatever we're doing here is, to me, is really important. I feel like, yeah, go ahead and go back, tell the story about this or the other. And I do. You ask me a question and I answer with another question. Yes. You know, it's for you. Like you seem like you have as much passion now as you always have. You still wake up every oh, day. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm only 90 years old. Come on. Well, that's that's one of the most amazing things about you and y'all's operation over there, <laughs> that y'all are still jamming every day. I mean, what is your advice to people on how to maintain that passion for 90 years? And you've been doing it since you were seven, right? Yes. So 83 years straight. Without any changes. So it would be wrong for me to not allow the audience into your mind and your heart of what that's meant for you and how you've gone about that. Well, I I think I love the entertainment business. I think I love the movie business. I don't go to the movies. I rarely go to entertain. Sometimes I'll tell you a, a thing that is reality. I mean, like the Rolling Stones, for example. He says... We always invite you. You never come to our show. Why? Because I'm not your fan. <laughs> but I, I love to dress him and love him to death, man. You know, I, no, I, get I don't it. know. I, it's funny, man, but I love the country singing a lot, you know. Yeah. You have no idea, all those spoons and the thing and whatever, all those sounds. I love front, front porch country music. Oh, yeah. I love it. Man. Rough and raw. Yes. Not, not all the bells and whistles, the sound, but just the beautiful rough and well, raw you know, sound. When you know, when you see that, you, you see the, the jazz. How elegant it is to dance with. Mm -hmm. I am in the mood of the atmosphere in at the evenings when I go out and face this this music. Wow, I love this music. But then I can go to tea pack and love it. <laughs> I mean it. I mean I get it. I I just you got the skimmer horn, and I love it, you know. And they have a little suit for life in there that I made for the uh, my dear friend Steve. You know, I mean, come on. 
It's so beautiful. I think I dedicated so much love into that because it was his mom who made him love classic. Steve who? Well, I could say he's the owner, but of course he's the owner of Dollar General all over the world. But I mean, but he gave a lot of millions of dollars for the construction of the Skimmer. That's right. Dollar General is headquartered here. That's right. Ophelia, what is your advice to women that are going into fashion and pursuing that dream? Let's get a female perspective of the women that might be listening to you right now about what it takes to find sustained, uh, sustained success over a long, remarkable career. Well, uh, I think the most important thing for me is just to to keep working in what you really like. Because when you do something that you love, it's not a job and it's, it's not hard to do it. So just do whatever you really love and then pursue what you really want to do. I mean, not your dreams, like Manuel said, not your dream, but what you like, yes, what you ma'am. really like, what yeah. you really love. Uh, tell me about this documentary. Is it still out? I saw it the other day. But well, let, let me tell you the story about this documentary. That's what I want to ask. Okay. Uh, somebody called me that I was to go to the little town where I was born. They wanted to give me the honor as the, I don't know, the grandest child of the city, you know, the region, actually. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had done a show in uh, in uh, the, at the tents in 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 uh, New York, and I don't know why they like I won. I don't. I wasn't competing with anybody. I had never competed with anybody, and and I never want to ever compete with anybody. <laughs> Then the president of Mexico asked me to help him with the fashion week in Mexico City, blah, blah, blah. And they paid very well. They did good. We we did fantastic. Hmm. I showed it. Then my little town woke up and said, hey, this guy is for good, a great person, blah, blah, whatever they thought. So I went to that. And it was the grandest thing that I have ever been in my life. Forget running the fashion show in Mexico City. No. My little town with people with the children on top of their shoulders mounted on their necks. That is the grandest thing. Going to Washington and being named the best designer in the world, getting there. A word for whatever. I so appreciate it. I really appreciate it. I, I am in love with that. And many cities in other countries have done it for me. But my little town, you can never. <laughs> and that's the town you left the pink Cadillac in? <laughs> no. Oh, okay. No, no. That was when I was already an older man. I oh, okay. was 19 years old. No, no, no. 
You came across the border in a pink Cadillac and a couple of dollars in a brown paper bag, right? No pink Cadillac. <laughs> oh. Brand new Cadillac. Oh, I thought White it said- walls, convertible, glasses, and my hair 26 inches long and $30,000 in cash of the, of the, you know, by the... And started the journey to a great American dream. Yes, I did. By the reason how I found myself was, and I can't talk about the crossing the border because a lot of people have their own stories. Super legal. Yeah. I got my thing done. They treated me like a champ. Yes, sir. But I saw him on Pasadena Avenue and I got to, I was to wait here for one and a half months for my green card. My freedom in my country is freer than than the bird of paradise. I'm not kidding you. Mm-hmm. I could fly anywhere in the world I could do. I had an international passport. I need no green card. But anyway, I am getting ready to get my green card in L.A. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, mm, it was tough for me because I had all the money in the world and I couldn't buy, I couldn't rent a house because I don't have a a driver's license from California because I don't have a a, a social security number. You got to wait for this, you got to wait for that. And I said, where do I live while I am waiting? You know, well, you can always go to a hotel, true. But I was going to go to my sister's house. Uh, you know, seeing all her children and all that. When you're an artist, you don't want too much company. Happening you're, you're a loner? Wow. Yes, in my best company. And... Uh, I went through Pasadena and saw a sign that says, Pants Maker Wanted. I said, I'm going to apply here Monday. That was Friday. Okay, so I'm going to be there. I was there, and Mr. Arenas gave me a job for a dollar an hour. Wow. I was making you know, a lot of money before the day before, but anyway... I love it. And then he says, you cannot stay here. You're looking for a better place. And I want you to, I said, what? Anyway, he got me a job for $8.66 an hour. It's a big upgrade from one at least. I was working with him. I, I got into the union. I got everything else set for me. I said, okay. But union man didn't like that Mr. Myers gave me, made me a key man for 325 people. So there's about 10 people waiting for this job. This guy just arrived. You give this job, this is not going to work. They were firing. I called Mr. Myers. 
I don't really need the job, Mr. Myers. I don't want to jeopardize your position with the union. This is serious stuff. He says, don't worry. Tomorrow I'm going to inter That was a Friday. Mm -hmm. Tomorrow I'm going to introduce you to the best tailor in the world. And he did indeed the next day. He introduced it to Mr. Ralph Carver. And I fell in love with that job, not because he was paying me $11 an hour, but because I thought, I am here in this, in this world, what, two months? And I am already making this. Mr. Ralph Carver says, Manuel, all the suits that we may hear are for Mr. Saidi Bohr. Mr. Saidi Bohr is the tailor to the stars. And you need to go and work with. I said, I am just happy right here. And I've been learning from you and, the, and your crew, and I, all these codes are being done here are Mr. Saidi Bohr's clients. So it, it makes sense a little bit, but I'm going to introduce you to, to him tomorrow. And this man offered me $55 of feeding, and he promised he's going to have three feedings a day. I said, $165 a day? My goodness. So it's, you know, it's four months, four and a half months. Anyway, I got the job. I accepted it, can you imagine? And my first three fittings was Johnny Weissmuller, a hero of my life, Tarzan. Oh, okay. Mr. Bob Hope and Mr. Frank Sinatra. Wow. I knew about Bob Hope and and Johnny Weissmuller. But this other guy, I didn't know who in the world he was. Sinatra? Yeah, I didn't know. I was too into classic music, uh, blues. You know, I, I love other things. And I, I had to pick the times to listen to that stuff sometimes, you know. So uh, anyway, I learned very quickly because he gave me a tip and put it in my coat. And he says, young man, don't spend it in one place. <laughs> I get home and it's a thousand dollars, 10 $100 bills. I work, you know, a couple of, almost like a couple of years mm -hmm. with Saidi Bohr, but Many things were happening in my life on the side, side of the boat. Because sometimes my feelings will end up at 12, at 3, and I'll be free to go. So I started my own kind of thing going. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna, that's when I really found myself. You know, many other things. All these three people changed my life in four or five months, man. And uh, 
I was starting my own business, and my own business was getting a lot of work. And that's how I, my girlfriend introduced me to the Rose Parade. Yeah. And who does these things, you know? Yeah. So I, she introduced me to all those people somehow, okay? So I found Viola Gray who taught me how to do embroidery. Love it. And I was a chance. I mean, and then I met, I met everybody involved in that kind of stuff. And I went to New York because I wanted to work about the Western thing. I love the Western. Yeah. Thing. And then I started making movies. Well, you've mentioned some things that next time, if we have you guys on, since we've only been doing an hour today, that I want to talk to you about the Rat Pack and some of those other movies. And Ophelia, as your line grows, I'm looking forward to talk to you more about that. Before we get out of here, because we only have a few more minutes left, uh, you guys are doing some hoodies, tank tops, (laughs) T-shirts. If people want to get in touch with you guys to order some of these things or some of the more custom stuff. Well, she'll put it up here. No, we're going to put it on the screen for the audience. Do they just go through the social media? Sorry. Do they just go through the social media? Um, Well, normally, yeah, they can go through the social media and also they can call to 615-321-5444. And I'll put that in the link under the description. <laughs> so we'll that'll make that also. So you can show it to them. Yeah. Oh, I'll take sorry. this one I also, though. I'll take oh, two because now I'm going to have to give one to the wife. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. You can give to anybody. <laughs> well, listen, once again, I really appreciate you guys. Thank it's you. been an honor meeting you, hearing from you guys, and I'm looking forward to talking to you more in the future. But for now, uh, if there's anything else you guys got? Well, the only thing that I got to tell you is this. The only reason I made 50 jackets for every state of this country, I spent all my own money and my own 14 years of work mm-hmm. just to thank this country. Amen. For that, for what I got <laughs> in those days. Well, I'm from Alabama, and I've told someone today, I said, I really want to see his Alabama jacket, so I'd like to see it. <laughs> oh, cool. Well, I really appreciate you guys. It's been an honor to have you here. Thank you so much for inviting us. And you're very welcome to come and see the jackets. I'm looking forward to it. Okay, great. All right. Well, that's it. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Bye, y'all. Yes, thanks, everybody.